Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are finishing up uh, the three-part series we've been doing called What Do You Do When You're Feeling Overwhelmed? Or What Do You... You know, I think I'm going to modify that title. It's not that great. But what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? Question mark. So the point of this series, and this is the third part that we're doing today, is to help you understand, not just uh, if you know, identify if you're feeling overwhelmed, because sometimes you've gotten so used to having a lifestyle that, you know, essentially is all about being overwhelmed. You don't realize that what you're doing and how you're acting and the results you're getting in your life are on the fringe of what you're able to otherwise do if you actually were to drill down and remove some of the noise and the static that's in your life. And what happens a lot of times is, and as we've discussed on the previous two shows about this topic, it's very easy to essentially allow too much information, too much competing information, too much noise in your head at the same time, causing you to basically feel overwhelmed. And then you just don't know it just because feeling that frantic sort of fearful way becomes normalized. And again, listen to yesterday's show and the day before show, because we give you very specific things, things like, you know, practical and tactical things is what we focus on, right? So going media free, Julie talked a lot about some of the basic things you should be doing with regards to nutrition, like water. And how about, you know, getting enough sleep? These things sound like, well, that's nothing. Of course, I'm going to do that. Well, how about you listen to the points that she made? Because these are highly researched actually for one of our upcoming books. So go ahead and do some homework on those things and go back and listen to the previous podcast. So we're going to be finishing up today where we left off. And Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is a really important topic because you can be any level of real estate or really of life and have this feeling of overwhelm almost cripple you. And there's varying degrees of it, of course. I think pretty much everybody goes through it, some people more than others. And to your point at the top of our podcast here, sometimes it does become a lifestyle and you don't even realize that you've built up this sort of tolerance to it where if you were to just take some of these steps from these points we're presenting, everything would change for you. And you would realize that some kind of a a gray cloud had actually lifted and you were getting some new peace as a result. So don't just hang up and, or, you know, stop listening and say, well, that was an interesting podcast. We're showing you points of things to actually take action on. Maybe not all of them for you. Maybe there's three key points for you. So I'm looking forward to rounding this out today, Tim. I actually had, Julie, two real live examples from personal coaching calls I did today. Yeah. Um, I won't mention the client's names, but one of them sold at close $130 million in real estate last year, using him as an example. So I'm on my coaching mm-hmm. call with him. We've, and I've coached him. Julie and I have coached him for a number of years, number one agent in his market, one obviously one of the top agents in the world. And so we're on this call with him, and I asked him, you know, he's doing great. He's got between – he should have maybe 15 or 16 active listings by – the end of this month, maybe sooner. He's taking more listing opportunities. He's going to probably blow through his 130 million sales volume they did last year, this year, continue to be one of the top agents uh, in the country. And uh, by the way, he only has two assistants. He does not have a team. So 
imagine what his margins are. His net margins are huge. The amount of profit he's making. That's the, one of the things we teach you guys how to do in our coaching program. But back to point. So I'm asking, I ask him this question because it's one good thing after another, one great listing after another. One was like 10.9 million and the other was 19.9 million. And he listed these others yeah, were, like were 2 million. And <laughs> you guys get the point. Perfect business. So what he did, and I asked him, so Rob, what is something, well, I just told you his name. What is something well, I already knew that happened in, but the hell they do. What is something that happened in the last week that you are hoping I don't ask you about that you maybe are feeling that you did not do right? And then he answered me, chat, Julie. And then he answered me, and it was very interesting. He said that there was a listing appointment that he went on. And on this listing appointment, he did not follow the same guidelines that he normally sets for himself. For example, he just, you know, him and this seller started talking about price at the inappropriate time. For example, in being real drilled down so you guys can learn, when you're meeting with a seller, if you don't know, don't go. And that's one of the mantras that we teach you as part of our coaching program. We teach you to fully pre-qualify the seller, ask all the right questions prior to going on the appointment. That's what we want you to do. He didn't do that. So he did not know that he was competing. He did not know what, he thought, what the seller thought the property was worth. He did not go prepared. Now, we kind of went back and forth, and he fessed up at the, towards the end of our call. He fessed up. He said, and I said, well, Rob, why do you think you made all these cardinal sins of being a listing agent? And he said, and this was very important. You guys learned from this. He said, because I, now that I'm thinking about it, I see the mistakes I made. He said, I'm feeling probably because I was worried that I wouldn't be able to handle the added business considering what I've got coming on. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Huh. I, said, so what, I said, what evidence, Rob, do you have? that you can't handle more, what evidence do you have that you would actually be in a position where you couldn't satisfy those sellers and, and take care of that business? And he didn't really have an answer. So what you were seeing and what he was experiencing were essentially the ramifications of some deeply rooted, you know, bad software in his brain that was causing him to start railroading his success. In his case, that was how feeling overwhelmed or the fear of not being able to handle it and feeling overwhelmed was manifesting failure. And he and I rooted that out, and his homework was from, that, uh, from our coaching call, was he has to call that seller and get that listing. Now, a coaching call right after that. Um, different price range, different area of the market or country, and he and I are having a similar conversation. He has had this, you know, uh, a very tough seller, and this seller has got multiple listings. Uh, this seller's a builder, and he, the seller has kind of been testing him at every turn of the road. Never an easy conversation with the seller. And then he made the fatal flaw of he's starting to develop this attitude of like this laissez-faire attitude about winning. And this is something that people are very confused about. And I'm going to just be as direct with you guys as I was with him on this coaching call. In life, in real estate specifically, there's one winner and there's one loser. And if you are the loser, you need to find that abhorrent to your existence, right? You literally need to see losing as something that is repulsive and repugnant in the worst possible ways. You need to make it so losing is so unbelievably painful that you want to avoid it at all costs. And what he was doing is he was softening the blow because he was anticipating that the seller might fire up, right? And I won't get into the backstory, but that was the gist of it. So he said something like, well, if she fires me, she fires me. That's okay. You know, he said something like that. And then we had that conversation I just shared with you. Because here's what you need to understand, um, listeners, and this is the hardest thing to try to convey to people, but you, if you try to cushion the blow 
when you're when you fail, when you try to rationalize in any way that failure, you're not going to learn from it. And so he has four kids. And I said to him, and I said, what happens if one of your kids goes up and touches the burner on the stove after you tell them not to? Well, they're going to burn their hand, right? And then they're not going to do it again because they associate that with pain, right? Now, what if that same kid goes up to the burner and they have this is actually a super rare genetic uh, thing where people don't feel pain, right? And so what if that same kid that has a super rare genetic thing where they don't feel pain goes up, touches the burner, and it doesn't hurt, even if you told them, you know, it's going to hurt? Well, they're going to keep doing it because they're not going to have experienced the excruciating pain of burning yourself. You guys understanding what I'm saying here? So when you experience failure or when you try to avoid the feeling of hearing no or you try to avoid the feeling of failure in general, you're never going to win. You're never going to learn from it. You don't really learn much from your successes at the end of the day, but you learn a lot from your failures. And what you should be learning from your failure is that it's not that bad. First of all, you actually withstood the pain of the failing, but also you do not want to fail again. Now, you might fail again in a slightly different way, but when you follow our coaching system, guys, it's about as laid out as simplistic as possible. Follow this step, follow this step, follow this step when dealing with sellers. It's really not complicated. It's like working at the post office. You're just following directions and you're following instructions and you're saying the same thing over and over again. It's called a system. That's what our premier coaching program is. But again, the important thing here is, is if you are starting to accept failure in your life as a normal thing and you're not really seeing it for what it is, essentially, it, then failing becomes a lifestyle. It becomes normal for you. And then it starts manifesting itself in other ways. Like you will start accepting compromise everywhere in your life. And, the, and those things compound. So those, those acceptance of compromises of failure, for example, might manifest in simple things like always being broke or never having enough listings. Oh, listen, you've worked hard enough. You don't need to you know, work anymore today. You've obviously spent a lot of time on Instagramming, making your videos and working on your CRM. Don't even bother calling that for sale by owner. Go home and have a glass of wine. I mean, right? Isn't that kind of the agent attitude in most cases? But like I think of another coaching client. Chuck, you know, I've had him on the show twice. Chuck's mindset, he's taken 41 listings in the past 30 days. 41 listings in the past 30 days. No, he did not list the subdivision. No, he did not list a bunch of investment properties. Those are 41 listings he listed from going after them by picking up the phone and doing the real work of real estate. Now, he does not accept failure, but here's what he did. He, was, he now, as I just told you, with the ones he had prior, he's got close to 50 listings. So he's going to have 50 active listings, and he's got two assistants. You see the recurring theme, and he'll sell you know, between 170 and 200 houses this year. He's in uh, North Carolina. So he's going to basically have a huge wave of listings going into the spring, which is just exactly where you want it. But here's what he did. He didn't take two listings. So our conversation, because he, same similar situation as Rob. In other words, he was starting to feel overwhelmed from taking on all this new business. And so what he was starting to do and he didn't realize that's what it was. He didn't actually you know, think about it. But what happened was his behavior was changing. Changing in what way? Because he did not, again, pre-qualify. He did not know he was competing. He did not answer, have the questions answered prior. He didn't know before he went on a listing appointment. He did it twice in a row, and he didn't take those two listings for the first time ever. And both listings were taken away from him by new agents. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. So that was, yeah, right. that was a big blow to his ego. And, and, and he, so he comes to the call telling me, rationalizing with me that he didn't take the listings. 
because of the fact that uh, the other listings overpriced, you know, the other agents overpriced the listing, and that's the reason he didn't take it. In other mm-hmm. words, he was hoping me as his coach, right, Julie knows, that I would just buy off on that. Oh, don't worry about that. The other yeah. agents didn't take the listing because they overpriced it, and you wanted to price this right. No, that's just a lame excuse. And then, then I started drilling down, and then we, you know, discovered together essentially the, how he was essentially trying to not follow the system, not actually doing what he's done literally hundreds of times before to take a listing successfully, and he started to back off that level of intensity because psychologically he was starting to feel overwhelmed, and he didn't realize it until we had that coaching call. You guys understand how these things manifest? So, you, and see what happens is when it starts to be normalized in your life, then you everything everything becomes doll around the edges, including your waistline, you know what I mean? You start to get, you, you lose the chiseled aspects of life, and you start to just become soft and fluffy in your mindset and your approach and your expectations to yourself, and then years pass. But it all starts with just remembering that you can control. Go back and listen to the previous two shows, and go through those points and just implement them. Some of them sound complicated. Some of the points sound simplistic. It does not matter. Implement them. Don't just henpeck the ones you think were relevant. Don't like say, well, I obviously need more water, but I am perfectly good with four hours of sleep. No, you're not. So, you know, go through and listen to those points that we made. And I think it's going to have a very impactful, positive. It's going to, for many of you who take it seriously, it's going to change your life. It really will. Because it's, it's the formation of a new manner in which you conduct yourself and interact with other people. That's really what that, those points are that we, we introduced to you. So there's a few more points that we're going to cover today in the remaining time. But before we do, I want to remind all of you, you guys can download your real estate treasure map at any time. The real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. Julie talked yesterday about knowing your magic number. And at the end of yesterday's show, I described to you what the fundamentals of what our business plan is that we teach you guys in Premier Coaching. But go and please um, download your real estate treasure map. It's free. All you have to do is text the word Harris. H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Go ahead and do that now if you've not done it yet. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. All right, Julie, next point. All right, I believe we are on our last three points. Number 12, track all of your critical numbers using the whiteboard and visual accountability system that we teach in Premier Coaching and that we present in the treasure map. So there's no escape from the whiteboard system and the visual accountability, it's pretty much everywhere. The treasure map, uh, Harris rules, it's in premier coaching. Really what it gets down to, I'm not going to do the whole thing here because that's what coaching is for. It gets down to tracking your key indicators. And some of you guys are terrible at this. Like you forget, if you think you've got five listings, but you actually have six because the sixth one is the person you don't really like talking to. But, oh, yeah, I've had that listed for 90 days. That comes up on coaching calls. You can't forget about a listing just because you don't like them. So we teach you to track it chronologically. So every listing or buyer transaction, of course, starts out as a lead. So you track your leads board. You have one color for buyers, one color for sellers, their price range, their motivation, their time frame, and their phone number. So then they either become a buyer or a listing. So you've got an active listings board. Then they become pendings, and then they become closed. So you have these chronologically in your office. Oh, I don't have room for that. Okay, choose a wall and use whiteboard paint. You do have room for it. This is too important to have an excuse like that. You have to track it. Now, I know you have spreadsheets and you have apps for that. That's not the point. It's called visual accountability. So something, I I think there's really magic in doing this, Tim, because when you do this right, 
and you see all of these key indicators, you walk into your office, and on a normal day, you're in this whole overwhelm zone. Maybe I don't know what to do today. My voicemail's blowing up. I haven't, you know, cleared out my email yet. All you have to do is look at your whiteboards and see where the white space is. If your listing board has one through 10 because your magic number is 10 and you've only got six and you know you're going to sell one today, that tells you exactly what you need to be doing today. Maybe conversely, you're like with one of the coaching clients that Tim mentioned earlier and you're carrying a bunch of listing inventory and your listing board is full. Maybe you even have more than your magic number in listings, but none of them have sold in the past two weeks. That tells you you need to do price reductions. Because probably when you look at your closing board, you're a little bit light over there or your pending board. When you see white space, it tells you exactly what to do. Some of you have tons of pendings right now that are all ready to close for first quarter. But what's empty now? Your leads board, I can almost guarantee it because you're spending all of your time keeping deals together. It's all very predictable and it tells you exactly what to do. The agents who we coach who do this exactly as we coach it. This is one of those things that's not really negotiable. They are almost always nearly exactly on track. It's uncanny how well it works. And when we have them send pictures of their boards to the coaches, all the, it takes two seconds to see what needs to happen this week. It, it's just a very efficient tool. Anything you want to add well, to that? So, so we did this for years. Well, we still do. So here's the thing. The dry erase boards isn't because we don't, you know, CRMs and all that crap. Come on now. We, of course, know about all that stuff. The dry erase boards, in case you guys aren't understanding Julie's point, is visual accountability. The problem with uh, – it does not matter what your age is or anything like that, so do not overanalyze this point. The problem with having everything hiding in a CRM is that it's hiding in a CRM. If you walk into your office – again, visualize this, Okay. The, the two fundamental – well, let's just focus on the listings board for now. You need to have a big-ass dry erase board that says listings at the top. And that big-ass dry erase board is going to have, as Julie said, the number of listings you need to have at all times based on your real estate treasure map. You see how all this stuff fits together, guys? And so if you know you need, for example, 20 listings at all times, just picking a number, you've got to have your listings dry erase board numbered 1 through 20. That's, that's what she's trying to say. So when you walk in your, your, your office and you're feeling all top of the world because you just made some money from a closing or whatever, but you see that you're supposed to have 10 listings at all times and you only have three active listings, well, you know you have to drill down and get those seven listings up and keep that, you know, that listing magic number of 10 in your case. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. That always has to be – all those numbers have to basically have a listing corresponding to them. Now, on the other side of it, Let's say, for example, your real estate treasure map calls for you to sell 30 houses or 40 houses or 50 houses or 10 houses in the year. Well, you have another one, another dry erase board that says closing. Buyers, you write in on blue. Listings, you write in on red. And you, need, you pre-number it based on your goals for the – like Julie and I would do this, and we'd always number it 1 through 200 because we were always – when we were selling real estate, that was our minimum standard of what we wanted to sell per year. Now, sometimes we sold more. Sometimes we sold less. But the point was – is that we would walk in and we would see where we were. And that every 30 days, we'd, we'd benchmark it. We'd write it down. Okay, this is what we did in the first 30 days, second 30 days. And then after, over time, we could compare it to what we did previous years to kind of get a sense of where we were headed based on the current momentum, those types of things. But the first thing you've got to realize is, is when you can see it, when it's actually in front of you and it's not hiding from you, 
the nature of your relationship with that particular goal and the accountability you feel towards accomplishing it completely changes. I'm going to give you guys a quick coaching story. Um, a lady came to us and she had, I don't remember any of the numbers. This was a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago, but I'll just make it up. The point's still the same. So she was stuck at basically 50 units a year and she couldn't push beyond that. And she actually had a dry erase board, but she'd only write them down on the dry erase board after they closed. And she, this lady was doing it right. She was proactively lead generating. She wasn't buying any listings. She was very profitable, but she was stuck at 50 listings or 50 closings a year. Now, please understand 50 closings is a great number. I'm not saying anything good or bad, but she knew, and she definitely did, have the capacity to do more. She wasn't working that hard, and she knew it. And she had some specific financial goals that she wanted to accomplish, mostly associated with having fun. So what we did is we determined what her real estate magic number uh, was based on the amount of money she had to earn, want to earn, you know, combined the four categories that make up the magic number. We figured out how many listings that she needed, and then we figured out how many closings that she needed. And then that's we, and what we did is we increased – so what she had gotten so used to without knowing it, and you guys, a lot of us are the same exact way. She was only selling the exact amount of houses that she needed every year to maintain her current lifestyle. She had actually never stopped to think about what the numbers were, but that's what she'd done. So she was earning enough money to you know, pay for her taxes, pay for her savings, retirement and whatnot, pay for her personal overhead, and pay for her business expenses. So she was covering the categories. But she was earning almost to like, you know, plus or minus $5,000 every year. And she'd done this for three or four years of the amount of money she needed to essentially get that. So she'd, she built this beautiful little golden cage for herself, and she was living comfortably, but she finally wanted to push beyond it. So this is all we did. This was how advanced the coaching was that we told her to do. We told her to pre-essentially take the dry erase board and pre-number it, just like we just told you, to a number in her case that was 25% more than what she'd previously been selling. And, and she did it. And guess what she did? She sold to that number. <laughs> she did. Because she'd walk into her office. She'd look at the dry erase board. The dry erase board basically would say that she was supposed to be, you know, she has to have, you know, 15 listings at all times. And she realized she'd only had eight. So she always knew where her priority, where her focus had to be. Now, here's the, here's the fa fascinating psychology behind this. You guys cannot listen to what we're saying and not say this wouldn't work for you because you know it would. So why wouldn't you do it? The only answer is it's because you don't want that accountability. You don't think you, – you think you would feel overwhelmed from the pressure of having that level of accountability, wouldn't you? Isn't that interesting? So the only reason you wouldn't do this, what we're suggesting, is because you don't think you can handle it. You don't think you can handle the whatever, fill in the blank. That's just your ego messing with you. That's your ego telling you that you can't handle the success that you might bring. But you can. I, I promise you every single one of you can it's just a function of basically setting the course in the direction you want it to go, and magical things happen on the other side of that. That's how you change the trajectory of your life, not just for the next month, but for the next decade or decades. It's exciting, but it all starts with essentially the visual accountability. Everything in life works that way, by the way, as far as visual accountability. You know, that people are, some people are big believers in dream boards and whatnot. Dream boards are great. Don't have a problem with them fundamentally. But the reason that most dream boards don't amount to a hill of beans, for example, and a dream board, for those of you who don't know, is you basically take pictures, you know, visual, you know, cues to what it is that you want in life, and you put them up on a board, and those are the things that you remind yourself that you want. But the problem is, is that people don't do the action plan behind the accomplishment of those particular goals. Again, that's what we talk about in the real estate treasure map. So make sure you download that. 
text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Julie, next point? Yes, that was a big point. Really, really critical. Yeah, so point that's a good number point. 13, I know. That's, I mean, that, that alone literally can change your business life, your personal life. Because you're being accountable. I see. I would. I would argue the opposite. You know, the reason that they're feeling overwhelmed is because they're not doing this, versus them having the fear of when I do this, I have to be accountable. It's all about control. You know, I read a book once called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway," and her opening chapter was about the fact that most fear, consternation, feeling of overwhelm comes from a core feeling of being out of control. So the whiteboards get you that control back, like many of our other points. Point number 13, maintain, a, and the agents hate this one, maintain a regular, quote, normal person schedule of starting on time and stopping on time. I know you got into real estate, so you wouldn't have to show up for a job, but too bad. You're either self-employed or self-unemployed every day based on your behavior. So maintain a normal person starting time and an actual stopping time. Working until midnight and eating pizza between appointments is not sustainable or professional. I know many of you think it's normal. It's maybe realtor normal, but it's not normal in real life. You need to have a normal starting time. A schedule is so much easier to maintain when you don't have different rules for different days. You know, like if you don't have a closing on a Wednesday, you get to sleep in until noon, but on Thursday morning, you do have a closing, so you're going to get up early and actually put yourself together. That is how a dabbler operates. It's not how a professional operates. So get into some way, semblance of a regular schedule. Go ahead. And by the way, a lot of the erratic lack of control of your schedule, when you find yourself living the vampire lifestyle, right, <laughs> where you're working when nobody else is working, it's because you're working too much with buyers. Because buyers are working during normal working hours, but in the evenings and the weekends, you want to be taking some time off with your family, right? you got to work. So you find yourself – that's the problem ultimately with working with buyers, guys. Well, one of the many. That's focusing too much on buyers is you kind of burn it at both ends because you want to screw around on the weekends and have some fun with your friends and family. Normal stuff, right? Part of being human. Mm-hmm. And then guess what happens? Those buyers are being real pushy and you're fearful of listing those buyers. And because you don't have any listings and listings give you leverage, leverage over your time, you're basically stuck having to essentially be at the ebb and flow of those particular buyers. So the strongest suggestion we can give all of you, no matter where you are in your real estate careers are learn learn how to be a powerful listing agent. That's where the magic is. That's where you have leverage. If you had 10 listings, you have 10 listings at all times, you have a normal working day. You have normal working hours. You have a normal working system in place that causes you to maybe start at 8.30 or 9 o'clock and end at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. And you can go to your kids, you know, t-ball games and have fun with, you know, those things again. You know, a lot of you guys got into real estate because you didn't want to have a boss. Well, you want to have – here's the, here's the uh, truth. When you're working primarily with buyers, you have a boss. It's called the buyer. The buyer is telling you what to do and when to yeah. do it. When you're working with listings, the sellers are plugging into your system and to, you know, relying on you to get the house sold. And you're, it's not the, the nature of the relationship is more professional. In other words, you can keep more professional hours and things of that nature, okay? So these are all things we teach you in the Premier Coaching Program. Julie, do we have another point? I think we do, don't we? We have one last point, and then I've got to get to Premier, and it's an easy one that all of you can do the second you stop listening. Number 14, keep a gratitude journal on your desk and recognize the little, what Tim, you call Easter eggs, these little surprises that occur throughout the day. Read your journal on days where you feel overwhelmed. There are so many little tiny Easter eggs that happen to you every single day. 
I had one uh, a couple days ago when I was stuck in school traffic, and I looked over my shoulder, and there was my friend Cindy letting me out, saving me probably 15 minutes of drive time because it happened to be her in the exact right spot. That's a little gift. That's something to write down in a gratitude journal. I'm going to leave the call with you, Tim, so I can get ready for Premiere. Have a great call. Those of you who are in Premier Thank Coaching, you. make sure you attend the uh, daily semi-private coaching call live, and you will interact directly with Head Coach Julie, and she'll answer all your toughest real estate questions. So hopefully this helped all of you um, at least understand that the feeling of overwhelmed at this point, if you you know listen to our past three podcasts, it's voluntary. In other words, if you implement the things we suggested over the last three shows, and you will most likely be able to curb the feeling, the omnipresent feeling of o- feeling overwhelmed will start to basically dissipate in your life. And you'll start to feel a lot calmer, in control, and a lot more present. I strongly suggest all of you take this seriously, especially as this turns is appearing to be, again, an amazingly hot, amazing seller's market, amazing real estate market this year, maybe better than ever. There was a, an article we put on timandjulieharris.com um, this morning talking about interest rates are going down again. Hey, who predicted interest rates would go down? Oh, I know, we did about a month ago. So listen to that podcast too. Listen, guys, if there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to text me directly. It's 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Or also you can uh, listen to replays of the past podcast at any time, as a lot of you do. And you can go to timandjulieharris.com. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to iTunes. You can go to um, Spotify. We're everywhere. So go listen to the past podcast and really deep dive. A special shout-out to all of you. And, you know, I had a great exchange with someone in Palestine, as in Israel. You know, I had a great exchange with someone over in um, Italy. And just all the listeners that are starting to discover us from around the world, I really love getting to know you guys because I'm learning actually how your real estate markets work, quite different than the United States. But all the rest of you, everyone listening, please do us a favor and help spread the word. The best thing you can do to help that happen is to go to iTunes and just give us a five-star review. Your homework from today's podcast is please do just that. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. And also, if you've not purchased our book yet, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. It's for sale. We've, we've seen it for sale at airports. Our book, Harris Rules. So pick up the book, Harris Rules. It's really your A to Z on how to form a you know, essentially a very profitable real estate business. You can kind of understand the direction we take with our coaching. And certainly the Harris Rules book is essentially your blueprint for real estate success. If you need us for anything at any time, please feel feel free to text me directly, 512-758-0206. Thanks. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time... Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.